to the radio show hour number two from the Carter Volkswagen studio puck and gas with you on a I'm offended Wednesday. Is this going to be a regular Gabby thing? DeMarco Wednesday and the Mariners are in first place Wednesday. I think a Gabby DeMarco Wednesday. That's a the good Gabby thing. DeMarco. Yeah, well, actually, yeah, we'll, we'll call it that a Gabby DeMarco Wednesday. It's also I'm offended Wednesday. Yeah, I think we'll turn this into a bit every Wednesday. I'm offended Wednesday. Yeah, because everyone's offended about something. So I threw it out on Twitter. If you're offended about something, tweet it in Jason Puckett 20. Using the hashtag, I'm offended Wednesday. Because <laughs> everyone's we, mad about something are, in the world. Are, are, are there any people, res- responses? Yeah, there's a, oh, ketchup on hot dogs, uh, people who give opinions. Uh, yeah, we've got, <laughs> we've got a few things. I like are, people who give their opinions. <laughs> that's from Nathan. Nathan, that's was very good. funny. That's people good. who give opinions. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. So, send them in right now on a uh, I'm offended Wednesday. What offends you? Because apparently... Uh, having fun with a woman chugging beer at a Padres game has offended people. So uh, send those in uh, right now. Thanks to James Paxson who joined us in the last hour. In case Boy. you missed it, uh, you can. Uh, that will be podcasted a little bit later. And uh, you can download the iHeartRadio app. Not only listen to the show, listen to all the shows mm. here at 950KJR, but you can listen to all the podcasts from every single show. So in case you missed it, James Pax will be up there later if you download the iHeartRadio app. Here's what we should do, because there's always, the, especially with with old school guys, there's always the argument about podcasting. Should, sure. we, should we podcast or should we make uh, people listen? Well, we why don't start. we do that? Why don't we start something new, Jackson? Why don't you podcast the James Paxton interview one sentence at a time? So people have to... Uh, <laughs> no. It'll build our downloads. The answer to that? Yeah. It'll, it'll build... What's well, up? we should. I mean, uh, let's get... Go back beyond the curtains. I mean, we we should charge for it. Why, well, why, yeah. are, we, why are we not charging for people? There should be something. Why are we not charging for people to listen to the podcast? Yeah. What type of uh, motivation are we giving people? Hey, you missed the show. You can go listen to it later for free. Yeah. I don't, I'm, I'm saying one sentence at a time. Everyone's charging for stuff now. This will make more work for you, but Man. so what? Who cares about your day? I care, and I'm not doing it. Are you, you one of these guys? I have so much... So many accounts out right now that I don't even know like what I subscribe to a month. Like yeah, I, yeah. it's out of control. Yeah. Like I just signed up recently for and I got to cancel. I have like a couple days that ESPN Plus thing cuz they got everything on there. They right. got like the entire right. 30 for 30 series on there. But it's 5 bucks a month. And I'm going to forget in about 4 months from now. I'm gonna realize what is this charge? Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, I keep getting charged this $5. Yeah. I wanted to watch the Grant Wall thing and I'm probably going to sign up for this. This Grant Wall who went to Iceland mm-hmm. and made a movie about the relationship with the soccer the soccer culture there in Iceland and why it's so important to the country. And he makes but you got it you can't watch it because you gotta pay a monthly thing for SITV. I was uh I was about a year, Goodness. maybe a year and a half out of this glorious business and uh um I got a charge on my credit card. What the hell is this? The ESPN Insider. I'm the like, ESPN well, Insider's I'm, another one. I went and I, I'm content to be I an ESPN that. Outsider, actually. Okay, I'm so fine I have being the an Insider outsider. one. Yeah. Because I like the, ma- I get it with the magazine, but I got that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I got it too much. So you still get the magazine? The uh, yes, I like ESPN magazine. I think it's really good. Yeah, I never liked it much, but but it's 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 hung around. They've yeah. they've done a nice job. All right, so the Mariners a great win yesterday. The 38 and 22. We mentioned this earlier. Uh, the, it's the third best start. In franchise history after 60 games. Uh, number one, of course, being 2001. I think people could put that together at 47 and 13. Then it comes two years later, 41 and 19 now. Remember, they didn't make the postseason that year. Right. Although they won, what did they win that year? 92 games? Something like that. Yeah. yeah they, they, they had a couple of really good years yeah. in the post Pinella years. Yeah. So, but they didn't make the postseason. They're 38 and 22 right now. James Paxson, we had on um, last hour, last eight starts. 
175, 67 strikeouts, and a batting average against at uh, .177. He has not lost a game since the Eagle landed on his shoulder. Yeah, and we're all thrilled about it, but you're telling me there's somebody who was not yes. thrilled about this game last well, night. Well, there's always, like, on a... Uh, on a uh, I'm Offended I'm Wednesday. I'm Offended Wednesday. Yes. Uh, people are offended at Mike Zanino and his towering home run yesterday and offended uh, at the Mariners. Uh, apparently, there's a guy in Houston... He goes on the Twitter handle as at uh, Astro Rants, uh, and he's pissed off at Mike Zanino. Here we are again. <laughs> Second night in a row. <laughs> when is it going to stop, guys? When is it, when is it going to stop? You just won the World Series. really annoying. And what's funny and hilarious is it's only happening against the Astros. The Astros aren't doing this. He's the offended Astros about staring this. at the home run ball. Uh-huh. Teams That's are disrespecting the Astros. They're disrespecting the world champs right now. That's what they're doing. And I won't stand for it. I <laughs> oh. for it. Watch this. Mike Zanino. Mike Zanino. No one even really knows who Mike Zanino is. Let's be honest. <laughs> so here he goes. Mike Zanino, a loser. It's a home run. And don't tell me. Don't tell me he was just making sure the home run went over the fence. It went 459 feet. He wasn't making sure anything. Watch. Watch how long he stares at it. Still staring at it. Still staring at it. Still staring at it. What? Showing up Dallas Keuchel, showing up a World Series champion, showing up someone that has a ring that he'll never get in his whole entire life. Oh. It's, it's, when is at this it, point. When is it going to stop? You can tell my voice. Oh, I can't. That I'm not really angry anymore. I'm just, I'm just disappointed. And I'm oh, sad that no. That, You're not disappointed. I mean, just oh, put the this? bat down. Put the bat down. Stare at the ball for a second and run the <laughs> bases. <laughs> Unbelievable. I mean, <sighs> when is it going to stop? When is it going to stop? Are we going to? Am I going to have to do this every night until it stops? Yes, you are. <laughs> it's June, guys. It's June. This is a pointless game. It's a pointless game that means nothing. Boy, this guy yeah, got issues. Yeah, the best team in baseball, and the Mariners. They're disrespecting them like they're. <laughs> Like they're like one of the worst teams. It's pitiful. It's sickening. And it's disgusting. Mike Zanino should be hit. He should be hit hard. <laughs> Hopefully right. it happens. That's right. I don't know anymore. Oh, there's a God. lot to unpack there. I mean, when I think we're gonna stop. Oh, I guess on. When is it gonna stop? <laughs> when is it gonna stop? Make it stop. Guys. Can we? Can we find like? Is there? Oh. Can we get a therapist to come on the show? It's and so if we good. give their business a plug, and well, I'm not trying to make fun of it, but have, have them kind of... My wife is a therapist. There sure, we go yeah. right there. Well, here's what I can't decide. And you can follow this guy on Twitter, at Astros Rants. And he, had the, he does this after every game, film room discussion. <laughs> <laughs> now, I can't tell. I'm, I'm, sl- I'm leaning towards uh, one of these opinions. Like, I can't decide if he's being real or he's being... He's trolling. Right, right, right. I think he's trolling, but that's fine. Yeah. Because it was highly entertaining. It made me laugh my ass off when I saw this last is, night. Is he on camera when he does this? Uh, no. So, so when, we don't know when, what he looks like. We don't know what he looks like. When he's doing it, it's on his, it's on his computer. So uh, he, when he was talking about Zanino, he's, uh-huh. and, in, and he's going off about Zanino. When is it going to stop? When, <laughs> which is now my new can, favorite. When is it going to stop? Can I ask a question? Yeah, of course you can. Wasn't there a, 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 it was a, it was a towering shot, and then wasn't there some thought that it might not stay fair? Huh? 
Oh, Wasn't I, it I, down I, the line? Isn't there a chance that Zanino was staring to see if it was, in well, fact, a fair? Because it was right down the line, right? The best right? part about it, though, when you watch it, he doesn't stare at it at all. It's a, he it's, he just hits it in like it's a millisecond. And yeah. he doesn't even show you on the on the, uh, on the the computer. Well, the guy, when he, say, when he says, he's still watching it, he's still he's, watching he's, it. He's, he's hit he's pause. Still, he just hit the pause button. It's not yeah, like yeah, the video is yeah, right, rolling. It's just right. paused. Yeah, he's just he's, he's got Because he's yeah, angry. He he's angry at, uh, at Stanton. He did the same thing yeah uh, again i think he's trolling and i'm pretty sure that he's just trolling but it's fine i am now a new a new fan favorite of astros rants and i would expect keichel to bounce back just fine but the only person who showed up keichel last night was keichel uh-huh. you know when you give up seven runs and say, hey you got a lousy night man he'd be the first to tell you that uh let's update our poll question on a, I'm offended wednesday i gotta do this again yeah, what's the best thing a woman could do to impress a man at the ballpark remember this is hashtag i'm offended wednesday so be careful and we've got uh it's it's a good battle oh, 41 cent and and we were all impressed with uh, the woman who caught the foul ball gabby in her beer last night and chugged it that's what led to this so put a little context into this and and it was and frankly it was a very impressive act on her part yeah uh, and tomorrow we'll do what's the best thing a man could do to impress a woman at the ball. Oh, that's fine. Yeah, that's we'll, we'll we'll do that. We'll come up yeah. with some good ones. Uh, for me, it'd be hey, we like to be chauvinistic and uh, and, and sexist on both on both. We, we're that's equal right. opportunists that's here. That's exactly we, what we, I am. We, we hate women and we hate men too. I hate everybody. Forty-one percent right now. White people. I can't stand. Forty-one percent say explain the infield fly rule. Forty percent say chug a beer, so it's a two-way battle. Yeah, and it's also a two-way battle for third. Ten percent say hates the sack bunt. I hate the sack bunt more so than anything. My my wife Your hates wife the fact that nobody it. that nobody's able to bunt anymore. Yeah. She doesn't mind the sack uh. bunt, but it really irritates her that on those rare occasions yeah. where it might be a handy thing to have, nobody can execute it. Okay, I see that. Okay, now I see where she's coming from. Yeah, she's not necessarily a fan of it. She's but she, if you're going to do it, execute it. If Renee was managing the I team, gotcha. she'd bunt more than most managers. She's bunting every play. No, I don't think every play. <laughs> Cruz is up there. What are you Lay saying? The she doesn't know baseball because she's a woman? <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm saying. On an I'm offended Wednesday. It's exactly what I'm saying. I'm offended that she wants to bunt. Oh, God. Hates the sack bunt is 10%. 9% say won't question Diaz in a tie game. Okay. That's a nice thing. That's a, that's yeah. a good thing to have in your hip pocket. Yeah, yeah. You can, uh, vote at Gas Man too. All right. On this uh, I'm Offended Wednesday, we will check in with Chris Babcock. Chris Babcock, former UW golfer, uh, the pride of Shoreline. He's going to tell you the five greatest things uh, out of Shoreline. He's from Shorewood High School. He just qualified for the U.S. Open uh, last uh, week as he shot a 68-65 at the uh, Portland Glo- Golf Club. He will join us next. Now back to Puckett and the Gas Man on Seattle Sports Radio 950 KJR. Entertaining sports talk. You never know who you're going to see out you know. in the in the hallways here at the the media powerhouse that is iHeart Media. Later, uh, there was a Kevin Calabro, the voice of the Portland Trailblazers. That's you know, people How say, about that. People say to me, you know, when I, when I stepped away for many years before I came back to be replaced by Cliff Averill. Um, so do, you, do you miss it? And I go, you know, one. And this is one of the things I miss is you open the door. It's like, hey, it's Kevin. He's, uh, what the hell here, are you doing here, man? In here to cut a commercial for his his his, his home course, Gamble Sands. Yeah, and I had to give the Godfather of Golf Levitt crap. I said, oh, you're selling ads for Calabro. I'm yeah. not getting anything. I can't I can't get a thing for the Green Lake Pitch and Putt. And Calabro's out there banging around Gamble Sands. Challenging the Green Lake Pitch and Putt, very challenging. You know what? I've always wondered this. If you get a hole in one. At the Green Lake Pitch and Putt, mm-hmm. 
Does that count? Yes. It does? In my mind, it does. Let's, you know, we have a golfer let's that's a, yeah. on hold that's right, right now. A let's guy who's going to play at Shinnecock Hills next week, the U.S. Open, joining us on the Star Study. Beacon Plumbing Hotline. You know what? Beacon Plumbing Hotline. Stop freaking. Call Beacon. Uh, right now, Chris Babic, uh, Babcock, former UW golfer, the pride of Shorewood High School, joins us right now on the Beacon Plumbing Hotline. Uh, Chris, you probably you're a, you're a Northwest kid. You're a Seattle guy. You've played the Green Lake uh, pitch and putt. If you get a hole in one in at uh, Green Lake, does that count? Uh, I'm gonna say yeah, it counts as oh. long as it's uh, as long as it's not putt putt golf. It counts. Yeah, well, it's, it's a small little. Yeah, what's every what's the longest hole there? Seventy yards. That's it. Hey, it's still a hole. Let yeah. me take it one step further, Chris. If I wanted to join you next week out at Shinnecock, which is such a gorgeous place, could I go qualify at the Green Lake Pitch and Putt? Do, 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 do they have that set up for me? Uh, you know, I'm not sure the USGA doesn't qualify or green like, but you know, it could be in the works in the future. Who knows? Uh, Chris Babcock, a former UW golf from 2012-2016, the pride of Shorewood High School. Eventually, he will tell us also the five best things that come out of Shoreline, because uh, he's from Shoreline as well. Uh, qualified to the Portland Golf Club with a 68-65, currently on the PGA's McKenzie Tour uh, there in Canada. So he will be playing uh, next week, U.S. Open, Shinnecock Hills uh, there in uh, New York. Congratulations on that, Chris. That's just got to be a thrill for you. Yeah, thank you. It, uh, it certainly is a thrill. I can't lie to you. You know, it's... Uh... One of those things that when it happens, it's uh, a little surprising because it's a big deal, but, you know, really looking forward to it. And and kind of a, a potential blowtorch for what you're hoping becomes a really great, and what we're hoping becomes a really great, lucrative career for you. I mean, you need whatever that first break is going to be, and, and this feels like this is it for you. Definitely. It definitely could be. Um, I think just mentally even qualifying uh, erases doubts of, you know, any uh, any doubts that I have that I can you know play with those guys just to do it is a, is a big deal for me. Chris, take take us through the the entire process for people who don't understand how how grueling this can be, especially for for someone like yourself who you know this isn't um, this isn't Adam Scott or somebody else who's a PGA Tour player who's had their card for years having to really show up at one event and then you know finish in the top what is it you know three or four and then they can get an invitation to the US Open you've got to go through a series of, of, of these things uh, to qualify for the US Open take take us through the entire process that you had to go through to qualify for the US Open next week yeah you know it starts at a local qualifier every year uh, for most guys there are certain criteria that can exempt you into the sectional qualifier um, but typically it starts at a local which it did for me um, that was at Riverside Golf Club sort of on the east side of Portland um, so started there shot a nice little I believe it was 68 or 400 whatever it is um, and that was good enough to, to win that um, local qualifier, so that was uh, definitely a confidence booster. And then I had a couple weeks off in between where I was up in Canada doing some stuff, and uh, then I went down to Portland where, you know, it's 36 holes in one day, and, and you know, the course is set up tough, and they, they trick up the pins a little bit, and, you know, you just got to grind it out for 36, and, uh, you know, the first hole is just as important as the 36th hole, so you just got to mentally uh, 
just put your head down and grind. Is it is it a plus or a minus in that scenario? And this reminds me of the stories you hear about Q School. John Feinstein wrote such a great book about that, that when guys are in this position where you're trying to qualify for the U.S. Open or you're trying to keep your card through, get your card through Q School, that you, it's completely opposite of what you'll see at the U.S. Open. You're out there. Did you have anybody with you? I mean, besides you know somebody on the bag, I mean, was there anybody following you around to, to lend a little moral support, or were you kind of by yourself out there on the course? You know, for the most part in those qualifiers, you are by yourself. Um, so it is a little bit of a different atmosphere. Mm-hmm. Um, that being said, I had a great caddy, Gretchen Johnson, who is a gal who's played some fantastic golf and knows that course really well. Um, was actually put in touch with her with a, from a member at Sahali Golf Club. That's where I play. Um, ben Garrett put us in touch. So I was able to, uh, you know, piggyback off some of her course knowledge and, but you know, besides that, you are out there on your own, and you know, you just gotta you gotta play golf, and you gotta play well. Again, uh, Chris Babcock is uh, joining us, former UW golfer uh, out of a Shoreline Shorewood High School. He's qualified uh, for the U.S. Open, sixty-eight, sixty-five, to, and uh, he will be playing at Shinnecock Hills uh, next week in New York. The, do you find out, or how aware are you, especially on that 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 final day at the uh, the Portland Golf Club, when you walk off eighteen? Do you know immediately that you've qualified? Uh, I had a pretty good idea that I did. After the morning round, um, I believe the number to get in was something like four under. Um, well, that was in the you know in contention, and I was at three under. So once I turned on my front nine of the second round at three under and got to six under total for the day, I knew that a good back nine was going to do it for me, um, and I was able to shoot a, a bogey three three under coming in. So once I was able to do that, I had a, I had a pretty good idea that I was there. Chris, what's the what the mental process for the people that play the game at your level and, and higher, the really talented people, versus the, the rest of us who, you know, I, I'll speak for myself, but I think a lot of golfers would relate to this. I'll go out, I'm, I'm an absolute hack golfer. I'll go out, and I might string together three pretty good holes. And the second I start thinking about stringing together three pretty good holes... You know, I come in with like a nine or a ten on the next one. <laughs> how do you how do you steal yourself to just really stay within one shot, one shot? Okay, one hole now onto the next, and, and not think about wow, I'm really playing well today. For everyone, you know, because there's a uh, it's all relative. You know, for you, a good three holes might be you know a five hole stretch for us, and that and that sixth hole is tougher. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's all relative based on how good you are, but you know, there's no secret to it. You just have to do your best to, to take care of the task in front of you and, um, you know, maybe just let go of the results a little bit and, and just focus on, you know, what got you there in the first place. You know, when you made those first three good scores, you weren't, you weren't thinking about a streak, uh, during those three holes. So just kind of getting in that same you know, mind frame can be huge. And right. let's be honest, for us, Gas, it, it's, we, when we play golf, it involves drinking. And th- these guys aren't drinking <laughs> on the tour. And so what happens to us is like the first beer or two kind of loosens oh, yeah. you up, yeah. calms you down a little bit. By the time you make the turn, you're on beer eight, nine. Well, now you just can't hit the ball anymore. I've always thought, Chris, it would be more entertaining on the tour. Maybe you guys should check, uh, check it out on the McKenzie tour. To uh, you have a, a beer every other hole. Let's see what the scores look like, because then it would look more like us hacks on the weekends. Yeah, well, I think if you're looking for some of that action, you might have to check out some of the pro-ams. Uh, <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, I, I think it would be entertaining as well, but I can tell you, 
from experienced golf does uh, does not get easier the more beers you have. That's for and sure. No, yeah. no one does it. There's, I always say, there's that brief moment, and it's brief. Yes, you're right. Where alcohol and ability yes. intersect, and it's magic, and, and and then it's great, and, and then, then it goes, goes away, just just that fast. You're chunking the ball. You're hitting. You're all over the place. Yeah. Walk us through the next few days, Chris, and uh, who who are you taking out with you to, to to caddy for you? How do you set all this up? What's it going to be like as you get ready for this big trip? Uh, you know, it is pretty crazy. I can't lie to you. The turnaround is, is very fast, which is what I'm learning here, playing my first U.S. Open. Um, but I have a caddy set up at Shinnecock who's been there for a number of years. Eric Ryder, who is, uh, you know, knows the course very well, has already been caddying for some of the, the tour guys out there. So he's very experienced. And then I uh, basically just have my immediate family coming out to watch. Um, but it is tough. you got to, you know, schedule hotels and mm-hmm. – and, you know, the, the Shinnecock, I haven't been in the area, but I'm told it's, it's quite a ways away from JFK or LaGuardia or wherever we're flying in. So yeah. you know, it, the, it, the logistics and stuff. Yeah, it's an all-day drive to get out there, no doubt. How do you um, – yeah. how does that come about, um, Chris, in terms of the finding a caddy? Like, how do you how do – you, you, you want, obviously, someone who has local knowledge of the course – because that helps instead of just taking, you know, your drinking buddy who's going to, you know, and one of your guys that were, were was a teammate at UW who, who wouldn't know the course, but you'd be comfortable with. You want someone that has, again, has some background of the course. How, how do you, how does that come about? How do you find that person that's going to be your caddy? Is it just word of mouth? You know, uh, that's actually kind of probably different for everybody. Um, obviously, you always have that dream scenario you talk about with your buddies, you know, oh, if you make the U.S. Open, right. you know, I'll caddy for you. But, uh, I think when you get there, it's a little more serious. And I was just fortunate to know some guys who have been around Shinnecock and have connections at the club who were able to uh, to put me in touch. But, you know, the thing about that is, you know, maybe other tour events would be advantageous to have a, a tour caddy who, you know, they come to the course every year. They know where the pins could be. But, you know, a U.S. Open where, you know, it's a Shinnecock, you know, the other tour guys haven't been playing there either. Right. So I think it just really pays to have a caddy that, that knows the course. And, and that's really all you're looking for at that point. And then what happens in the wake of this? Let's let's say you go out. Let's say you have a a, a real good U.S. Hill. Let's say you win it. Well, wait a minute. Let's back no, off. I'm telling you, if it be you awesome? win it, you got to come on every every week. Yeah, every Wednesday you're coming on with us if you pull off the. Yeah. But but what then will happen the rest of the summer in your mind? Have Have you thought much further ahead, or do you want to just just get this done and then see? Um, you know, I'm just kind of worried about my first tee shot on Thursday right now. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, if that, if that gets airborne, we'll be happy. Um, you sound like me. Yeah, how nervous? I mean, how much are you? And I don't want to make you more nervous. I would be, I'd be wetting myself on that yeah. first tee. It would be out of control how nervous I would be. How I get nervous when I go play Jefferson. Yeah. Right. And there's, there's some yeah. guy behind me looking at me swinging. I right. couldn't. I mean, have you? You obviously have already thought about that that first swing, and you probably you can't realize at this moment how nervous uh, that you will be. But but you kind of just said it right there. I just want to get the thing in the air. Yeah, I mean, you know, I think there's definitely uh, an element of uh, relaxation there. You kind of just got to trust uh, your preparation, and you know, there's no secret that I'm going to be nervous. I don't think I'm going to hide that at all. Um, but I think you know, personally, I play better when I'm a little nervous. So. Uh, I think the idea is just to embrace it and, you know, as, as cool as those guys are on TV, you know, I know for a fact they're going to be nervous too. So, uh, you know, it's not, it's not, def- it's definitely not shameful to be nervous. I guess, and, and I think a, a nice shoreline Bloody Mary might uh, take the edge <laughs> off. That's what he needed. Would you stop it? This poor guy. <laughs> he doesn't need this. What, uh, what's the yeah. biggest, what's the biggest crowd you've played in front of, Chris? 
Uh, um, that's a tough question. Probably at NCAA is my sophomore year yeah. um, on that first tee when I hit that tee ball. Yeah, it was right next to the clubhouse. There was a good couple hundred people there. That was uh, that was quite a bit for me. I've always wanted this, and I guess uh, uh, Chris Babcock with his former UW golfer is qualified for the U.S. Open uh, next week at Shinnecock Hills there in New York. He's out of Shorewood High School in Shoreline. I've always wanted this because it's we are not blessed with the greatest weather year round here. But I first, I mean, you could go in December. I could go to a golf course in December, and I'm it may not be packed, and the weather's terrible. But there are people that are grinding through 45 degrees, raining, and they're out there playing golf. I'm amazed how popular the sport is here. And then especially when the weather turns, it's gorgeous. There are so many golf enthusiasts out here in the Pacific Northwest. My question, though, is about the UW golf team. I'm always amazed how good you guys are at golf when the weather isn't good here. But you guys, and you know, I know Matt Thurman's moved on, but... You guys have had an unbelievable and did have an unbelievable run. What was it? What was the secret about why that program has been so successful over the years? Uh, yeah, well, I think just like you said, you know, we really take pride on the fact that we do come from the Northwest. Um, that's something Therms is always stressing. You know, I think uh, I think because of that, we thrived on that and we thrived on on tough situations and uh you know a lot of times when you do go over to the east coast or places like that when it rains it's a little um unreasonable to play it's not quite like that here so um you know you just gotta grit it out and and, and practice you, you gotta do what you gotta do to get better i think at, at some point when you when you want the championship bad enough uh, we didn't get one unfortunately but you know that kind of stuff becomes irrelevant you just you just you gotta go do it Chris, do you have uh, friends on the on the tour? Will you run into a couple of guys who either you've played with or played against in college, or somebody you maybe have gotten to know a little bit because you're you're in the sport? I mean, will there be someone with a little familiarity for you to to kind of help with the easing you into this this situation? Um, you know, I've met a few guys. Obviously, um, being in the Pac-12, I played with guys like you know John Rahm, and I played with Aaron Wise once. Yeah. Um, and a couple of those guys, I wouldn't venture to say that were friends, but. You know, I definitely know that some of my peers are out there, and that's comforting. Um, I'm not sure if any UW guys made the the championship besides me. Um, so I'm not sure if I'll see them out there. But, you know, just to know that I have, you know, guys that are the same age as me and that I played college golf with out there, you know, maybe I'll reconnect. But it's definitely a comforting feeling. That's, that's the other great thing, too, about the, the Northwest and golf, you know, we, you know, one of our a guy, the guy that comes on after us, uh, Chris Ian, was talking yesterday about how great. And I know you're a big basketball fan. We're going to get into that in just a second. Is the the amount of talent that comes out of the Northwest in terms of basketball? I mean, we just look, look at the NBA and, and throughout the years, guys that have played in the league. You also look at golf, and you look at guys from the Northwest, and then also UW who are in who are playing. A guy like C.T. Pan comes to mind now he, from UW. He's a great golfer. He's been on the tour, and he's been the time on tour that he's been there the last few years. He, you watch him, and on the week, he's kind of always there, and he's he's yeah. going to have that breakthrough win eventually that's going to kind of springboard him. Kyle Stanley yeah. out of Gig Harbor was just in contention last week. He has won multiple times on the tour. Uh, Michael Putnam, uh, his younger brother, Andrew Putnam, guys out of Tacoma, Ryan Moore, uh, uh, Derek Barron also, also out of Tacoma. There's so much Andres Gonzalez. I mean, I could go on and on and on about the amount of talent that is in the Pacific Northwest. And it just goes back to earlier about the weather's not all that great around here. There's so much talent, though, uh, in this section of the country when it comes to golf. 
Absolutely. You know, I just think that anytime you, you see talent, you know, there, it's no secret. You always look at, if you trace it back, you know, there's always the hard work at some point that, that took place, where, you know, no matter how naturally talented they are. Um, and I think just the mentality you forge from, you know, having to go to the course when no one else is going or, you know, you come home from school and it's already kind of dark and yeah. maybe a little rainy, you still got to go put on the work. That attitude you build at that age, you know, I think it, it really transfers over when you do get, to, you know, a little bit of a easier circumstance, you still have that hard-nosed mentality that, you know, is bringing guys through and, and providing lots of success. Okay, we're going to get to hoops in just a second. Chris Babcock, former UW golfer, Shoreline uh, resident or born there. and uh, Well, actually, you were born in Yakima, then uh, grew up in Shoreline, went to Shorewood High School. The uh, We're going to get to hoops in just a second. I know you're a huge Tiger Woods fan. You can look on Twitter and you are tweeting about Tiger Woods constantly. We all love Tiger. I mean, Mark, <laughs> I, I can't wait till he finally wins again because, I mean, that's all the, the only thing I pull for right now watching golf every weekend is, is hopefully that he can that he can win again. Are you going to try and reach out to Tiger and see if you can jump on board? Uh, if you see the story, <laughs> he's going he's gonna to park his $20 million yacht uh, just outside of Shinnecock, and that's where he's going to be staying all week. Um, you know, I'm definitely thrilled to be in the field with him, but, I, you know, he's got enough problems on his hands. I think I'll let Tiger do Tiger. I think you should just go up to him and say, Tiger, Tiger, hey, Chris, you know, Chris, you remember me. It's me, Chris. Chris how you doing? Just see see how he reacts. You know, Andres Gonzalez down in Tacoma used to, when he got on tour, would tweet him like every day. Uh, hey, hey, Tiger! I'm having a sandwich uh, down here in the clubhouse. If you want to stop on by and say hi, <laughs> I mean, I think I think it's a new Tiger, Chris. He he might just say, "Why don't you come on board? Don't you're not get out of that hotel. Come on board the the SS Tiger and stay for a weekend." I, you know what? He might be welcoming. You know, you got a point. Uh, you know, you miss all the shots you don't take, but yeah, that's true. You know, at the same time, you know, he's a ruthless competitor, so I don't yeah. want to give him any fuel to uh, you know bury me anymore if we do get paired together or all right, like all right. We, uh, uh gas and i are huge basketball fans it sounds like you're a basketball fan as well who's your team who's your team and player you know i being from seattle unfortunately i'm not one so i just i'm a big fan of lebron i just think okay. what he's doing is is great and i just think he's uh you know just a good sports role model for uh for kids growing up these days you know he the guy seems to go about a lot of things in the right way um you know, and I just think he, he's a great guy, and I'd love to see him do well. Unfortunately, their opponent right now is maybe one of the better teams the NBA has ever seen. So it is what it is, but, you know, I really like uh, for the guy to do well. Well, we're big fans of at Chris underscore Babs one on Twitter. We're going to be in your corner, man. It's going to be fun uh, to, to see you get a chance to flex your muscle a yep. little bit out there, and uh, we'll, we'll all be on board, man. You, you, if, if you're a little... Uptight, a little nervous. Remember, we're, we're all out here. We're right in your corner, yeah. man. You got us on your side. And, and we'll be drinking for you. Yeah, so, we'll have, so we'll you have don't the bloody marriage. Okay? <laughs> okay, thanks, guys. Appreciate all right, no, it. Hold on now, no, but don't let it, don't leave. We're going to, we're going to do a, a, some fun. Now, listen, some of these questions we've been asking you have been hard hitting journalistic questions. Now, we're going to fire off five rapid questions to you. You have 60 okay. seconds to answer these. You need to answer them as fast as possible, okay? Okay, you got it. All right, here's question number one. Now, being a former UW golfer, of course, your home course is Washington National, correct? Correct. Now, be honest with me. You have to be honest. What's a better course, Washington National or Palouse Ridge? Washington National. Oh, okay. See, I no brainer. Oh, you're lying through your teeth. You're I know. one for one, Chris. Uh, best thing about Shoreline? Best thing about Shoreline, you know, the view. 
It's got a pretty good view, not going to lie. The beach is pretty nice. All right, you've already answered your favorite basketball player of all time. Golden State favored by four and a half tonight against Cleveland. Uh, if you were putting money on the game, who would you go with? Uh, Golden State minus four and a half, Cleveland plus four and a half. Uh, I'm going with Cleveland. I think LeBron's got a point to prove. Uh, Tiger Woods, your idol. If you met Tiger, if you meet Tiger Woods next week, uh, what would you say to him if you met him? Hi. <laughs> I don't know. I'd, That's I'd a good start. Lost for words. <laughs> That's a good start. And the final, most important question you're ever going to be asked in your entire life, and be and be careful how you answer this. Do you put ketchup on a hot dog? Absolutely. Of course. Oh, boy. I, I knew I loved is. Chris Babcock. I Chris. knew I was rooting for this guy. Ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> we introduce you to Chris Babcock, former UW golfer, the pride of Shorewood High School in Shoreline. He qualified uh, for the uh, U.S. Open next week at Shinnecock Hills there in New York. Chris, uh, best of luck to you next week. Have fun. Enjoy the experience. Uh, hit them straight, and, uh, and we'll be rooting for you out here in Seattle. Okay, thanks for having me on, guys. Yeah, there he is, uh, Chris, Chris Babcock, uh, who will be uh, teeing it up next week with the pros. I always Ooh. love this, and I love the U.S. Open because you said it earlier, anyone can qualify for this thing. And uh, you, you got can, a handicap, you can make it in. We need to build up his followers. He needs yep. more followers on Twitter. He needs to know you're in his corner. So unless you're not in Chris's corner, and if you if you aren't, then I don't want to know you. You're not my friend. Uh, At Chris underscore Babs1. Is his handle on Twitter? Give him, uh, you know, let's follow him. It'd be fun to see this guy come step out, and this is I mean, it's the biggest moment of his life in terms of sports stuff uh, coming up next Thursday. I don't know what this means, but Sounders Weekly, the review of that with Jackson Feltz. But what I love about this on the rundown, he wrote, Chris Christian rolled on on why the team stinks. Well, I can't <laughs> wait to find out why the team stinks. Get up with you. Now back to Puckett and the Gas Man on Seattle Sports Radio 950 KJR. Entertaining sports talk. You need cooling. Baby, I'm not fooling. You can take it over. I was out there talking right. to, to superstar Kevin Calabro. Is again. he still out he's there? Still out. You want to say hi to him? Did you invite him in? We well, probably should invite him in. Ah, he, he he had the cough lozenge going. He's, he's he trying. To, yeah, he's yeah, he trying. wants to get out. There's too many people now that are that are shaking hands. Right. Yeah. And wanting to talk to him. What right. are they going to do with the bat? I already annoyed him. What are they going to do with the basketball team? Is Terry going to make it? I don't know. Yeah. Leave me alone. <laughs> Is that what he said? He didn't say that. No, but he said it with his eyes. Right. Oh yeah. Well, he said it with his eyes. You have that effect on people. I know. Uh, all right, Jackson, you explain this to me uh, in your rundown, what you wanted to talk today, uh, talk to us today uh, on your Sounders Weekly uh, recap, which the show was every Tuesday night right here on 950 KJR from 7 to 8. You wrote Christian Roldan on why the team stinks. Yeah, he was pretty frank last night. I'll let you hear it right now. We haven't been creative this year. Nope. Uh, and sometimes we are too passive in, in that sense. Uh, we... we are afraid to to take risks and make a mistake in the final third and um you know we're just content with with uh keeping possession of the ball and unfortunately if you don't take those risks you, you know you're never going to score uh we're we're being a little too predictable at the moment and as a result we 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 didn't score any goals he's kind of had his uh, Jake Arietta moment when Arietta aired out the Phillies and their shifts they don't have to do anything not sure it was quite the same. Well, well, I mean, well, did, it did, wasn't as demonstrative, but he basically did, saying they stink and yeah. they're not doing anything right. Did, did, did I hear a well placed? Huh? 
from you in the middle of that answer? Was that a, I, did I, you I heard do Jackson it? Go, let's, let's hear it again. Oh, did you do a softy? Oh, I, I did, no, I do do that. So yeah, that oh, was probably, let, let me yeah, hear. Yeah. Let me hear it again. All right, it's right. We haven't been creative this year, and sometimes we are too passive in in that sense. We we are afraid to to take risks and make a mistake in the final third and um you know we're just content with with uh keeping possession of the ball and unfortunately if you don't take those risks you, you know you're never going to score uh we're, we're being a little too predictable at the moment and as a result we we, we didn't score any goals oh, there it is. I, know, I, got I, it. No, yeah. I no i just did that right there we got oh. it. i didn't hear it Oh, where was the? Huh? Uh, yeah, where do you? Where do you where I just heard the huh. I just heard it right. No, there. I just, just did I just it on the did. air. I was like, I was like, huh. I didn't say it because I didn't. I I do do that. <laughs> you I added a huh to this? Is that what well, saying? No, I was just. Did you post produce this? I had my, I had my this? mic on. Yeah, you, I had my mic on. <laughs> huh. Yeah, I just anyway. I, I, I see. Do, when he I was do listening to the cut he threw in the sock. Yeah. All right. Well, good for you. That's it. Anyway. Meanwhile, gas is over here. I. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> it's all good. Yeah. It's all good. That's fine. Um, you know, it's interesting because, again, you and I have talked, we talk about this every week, it feels like, and everybody's upset, everybody's angry. So much of what we're talking about would be fixed if Jordan Morris hadn't gotten yes. hurt. And I'm not laying it on him. It was an accident, but obviously. every but, week we do this, you yeah. got, it's always back to, we. okay, I don't know anything about the sport. I don't follow it. This is why I listen to you. Every week it's the same thing. Well, mm-hmm. with Jordan Morris, this Jordan, he's hasn't been on the team all year. Yeah. No, but you can't saying, just keep blaming it on the Jordan Morris well, injury. You can though, because what oh well, do the Mariners blame Robinson Cano? He's been suspended and he's he's hurt. If they had lost fourteen in a row, that's all we'd be talking but about on this show. Is that it's Robinson have him Cano for the whole year? Yeah, yeah. and that's, he hasn't played a single second. And the offense has been bad. They, well, you know, it was crazy right now. They, this let me team, ask you: Were they good with him on the offense? I yes. Thought yeah. Yeah, well, and, and wait, was, hold on, wait a minute. I thought you guys did shows last year about him being overrated, and he wasn't that good. I mean, he didn't throw up the statistics he did the year yeah. before, but he the he's, attack he was really still good this, with him. This value, yeah, because okay, so here's what happens: is how what having a speedy guy at that top forward spot does is it allows you to allows you to stretch the defense, use your wingers outside to then stretch them vertically and horizontally, which allows you to have more space in the attack. Obviously. And and what that creates is a better offense. Not having a fast guy up there like Morris just al- doesn't allow them to stretch and I, allows them to have bad. I'm just asking. At some point, you. Have don't you have to get beyond that you don't have Jordan Morris? Well, I mean, yeah, yeah to a certain a extent, guy. except that, again, when we're, when we're analyzing, when, when he's saying here's why the team stinks, like, well, part of the reason the team stinks is because well, it's, it's two levels, really. It's Morris getting hurt, and then it's the way the MLS is structured makes it hard to replace a guy yes. like that. And and that that's just that's kind of how it got is. A couple of minutes here. Tell me the story. Tell Thank our you. audience the story about yep. what the MLS just announced. All right, so first, this is unbelievable. This is Absolutely, just mind-boggling. Oh, let, let me just first, as a, as sports fans, and all sports fans are be able to understand this. Let's just say that the Seahawks, whether they sign or draft or trade for a young twenty-two-year-old player, uh, he's been in the league a couple of years just as a backup, not doing much. Seahawks bring him on, and he has a couple outstanding seasons. And this is a guy who deserves to make a lot more money and get a long-term deal. So the Seahawks write out a contract, and they agree to a more expensive long-term deal because they want this guy to be around for a long term. Kind of like what's going on with Frank Clark. 
Yes, you want you want the guy to be around for for a long term deal. So well, just just summarize it because we're running. Out now, time. I'm, I'm they, getting to it. I'm getting to it. I know. But wind. then once the contract has been agreed upon and sent to the league office, the league office says no. Actually, you can't sign that player to that long term deal. That's what's happening right now in MLS. So to quickly summarize, they, the MLS has now put in a rule where you, when you draft a guy, you cannot re-sign your young player you drafted to a long term contract. It's not a rule, but it's a decision making process by the league where they say we want the best quality of players available in this league. So therefore, we are going to, on an individual case-by-case basis, tell teams whether or not they can sign players to what's called a TAM, Targeted Allocation Money, deal, which is and that's why the C- that's why the Seattle Sanders lost Jovan Jones. It appears last year is because the league did not allow the team to sign him to a TAM deal, which is just unbelievable and and horrible that the C- the Seattle Sounders lost Jovan Jones because the league said no. Yeah, and it, unbelievable. It, it, it gets back to when whenever wow. you've got any kind of salary mm. restriction mm. in place, teams end up having to make decisions or leagues make decisions. Wow. The league, the that league are not makes based, the decision. Not based on talent. It's based on leagues you know, should make it. I mean, this is for every league. league. Leagues and like the NFL, we've talked about this before, should make it easier yes, for you right. to re-sign your young talent when you draft them. <laughs> exactly. You should reward but, a team that's good at drafting, not penalize them. But the, the bigger question becomes: When will MLS be financially healthy enough? to get away from the collective management of the league as one, as opposed to letting everybody kind of run their own thing and let, let mm, the let the right. chips fall where they may. We should be there already, and they have I agree. an influx of TAMs and now $4 million, but they aren't letting the teams spend the $4 million the way the teams want to spend it. There's like, right. no, you yeah. can do this, and you can't do this. All right, Lunch with Listeners is uh, coming up next. Uh, we will uh, dive back into the Mariners, uh, brought to you by the Other Coast Cafe. Also, the 12 o'clock hour on a I'm Offended Wednesday. Maybe we can ask you at Lunch with Listeners, what offends you today on I'm an I'm offended Wednesday. Uh, Ethan Posick, star guard for your Seattle Seahawks will join us in the 12 o'clock hour.